Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Noplaton. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're going to be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life. More business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. And today my guest is Jeff Gross from Gross Enterprises. And he's going to share a story how he went uh, from, he's in the construction business and he would be building, like actually, you know, having his tool belt on out there in the field, come home late, not having time with his family, then having to do all the administrative stuff with his company, working so many hours, sleeping so little, transforming to the point now where he's got multiple teams running uh, construction jobs at the same time, bringing in you know, great revenue for his business and now being able to turn to what he wants and his love. And that is permaculture and the ranches that he's uh, starting to work on so that he can make the world a better place and help with global warming. So what a transformation ability. And we want to break that down. How did this transformation happen? So let's take a look. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Thank you. Doing real good. I'm excited to have you. We've been working together for quite some time and there's it's been quite a journey. I've, and even you've been on your life journey before even we, we met. And so today I kind of just wanted to explore that just because you've had uh, so much change in your life and, and it's, it's phenomenal. I think it would be great for uh, my audience to hear a little bit about your life and how it might impact others by hearing your story. And so just to kind of start off, let's best understand. So you've been uh, in the construction industry, I think, you know, most of your life and you, you do it all like from new building to remodeling, but the main focus where your heart is right now, while you're doing all that and your business is doing all that, you're really been diving into permaculture as well. So maybe just share briefly uh, a little bit about uh, that. So people have some context of who you are. Okay, you want me to share about the permaculture or? Well, I, that's, I know that's the most exciting <laughs> parts. I mean, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I guess what, you know, after all the construction that you've done and all the building, I, I really, and, you know, now having gotten to know you, you are a master builder. Like, I mean, you can build something out in your head and then make it a reality. That's uh, phenomenal. What, what's got you so excited about permaculture? So what's got me excited about permaculture, ever since I was like 19 or 20 years old, it was right in that era. Even before that, a little bit, just farming with my grandma, and my grandpa, and, and uh, just being able to grow stuff has always excited me. And then I, I met a guy, basically, he was Jude Good Pastor, and he was really into permaculture at the time. And we used to get together and we'd talk about, you know, this like what we actually, where the term came up, the happy range, you know, would be able to create a property that. So, you know, it's basically self-sustainable. It creates, it produces more than it consumes. So by geographically figuring out how to do that with water and uh, just building materials, one thing we always figured out is that if you have water and rocks, basically earth, some slope, so you have your terrain and trees, you can pretty much grow uh, you can build just about anything and then grow just about anything you know, as long as you had some good soil to grow stuff in. So we started envisioning, you know, having this ranch where we could actually cut our trees down, mill the wood right there on site, 
um, use the rock, have water we could actually go out and repurpose, like do demolitions, because in our construction, we found that we were always tearing down old buildings and stuff like that. And it's like, what do we do with all this wood? So between our two homes, we used to re-landscape our homes and do all this stuff, but we had a surplus of wood. And we were thinking that we'd be able to repurpose that wood, build our homes and and whatever barns and structures that we had, along with everything else that we did, which was uh, finding that water source. One reason why water was so important, you know, makes everything grow, you know, you drink in your water and stuff like that. And um, so it just got the wheels turning and excitement that someday we could create this beautiful property that pretty much once we got finished with it, it would be our life. You know, we'd have animals, we'd have plants, we'd have our place to live. It would, and when we came up with that term that it produced more than it consumed was basically that it would pay for itself, right? We right. could, we could make energy. We have our own water supplies and, you know, since uh, it's been about 40 years, you know, I'm 61 now, so that'd be 42 years from when I started planning this. The technology that we have today is so much better than we had back then. So they're called hydro microelectric generators that you can put like from a, a higher pond to a lower pond and you put that in between and just open a gate could be all your power that you need to run your entire ranch right there off one small generator. And then with the battery backup now and solar and everything that we have, you know, so that's always been a thought. It's like, how are we going to get power? Well, that right there, we make all our power. Yeah, know? that is it's quite amazing. And how many years I'm thinking of um, Avatar and uh, what's his name? James Cameron. Like the, he, he said he had these visions for these movies, but the technology wasn't available. You know, so it's interesting how, you know, time, uh, you know, passes and it's like the exact moment that you're able to now doing it there's so many more things and it's so much more important i mean the thing that gets me excited when i talk to you about these things is the the change in our in our environment you know we have what people are looking at with global warming and i'll even say for me there's time it's like can we actually fit, change this are we going to are we going to go so far down this that uh, you know we're, we're not able to live on this planet anymore. And I do believe if that were the case to happen, that humans would probably pass before the planet would just go to the wayside. I think uh, Mother Earth would survive and we just wouldn't be able to inhabit this place anymore. But the cool thing that I see is that there, there is plausibility that in our lifetime, we could actually see that change and have the change we want on, on this planet. And that does come back to permaculture. And what I'm seeing, like if you see exposed dirt, then uh, it's, it's, it's dying. You know, the water is not being held. It takes the plants in there and you know this all too well, but it takes the plants to harness that water. And so this is uh, amazing place that you've been aspiring and, and learning about, you know, for your life. And now it's so important. I think I, I believe from everything that I've seen that this is the way to uh, change the climate direction of our planet. Oh, I absolutely agree with you there. Yeah. And, um, you know, some, like you say, the exposed dirt, you know, and, and I think about it, it's like if you look at pictures, you know, and you always see that picture of that nice meadow with all the trees and the green foliage and the, you know, a lake behind it and just the wildlife and the flowers and then everything that comes with that. You know, 
anybody that I know, it's like they, they can look at that picture and go, oh, I'd love to be right there right now. You know, even if it's raining or the sun's out, it's just like, God, it looks so beautiful. And then you take just a dirt that's expanded for miles and miles and miles. It's just brown dirt and sit out there. And it's not like anybody's going to look at that picture and go, oh, I want to be right there, you know? And so, like you said, I mean, it's just like, it's just one thing grows after another. And then the plants, the animals, the and the interesting thing about permaculture and like you're talking about with um, global warming and repairing the soil and stuff, anytime, if, if you were to take that picture where it's a beautiful meadow and the trees are growing and there's water and there's, you know, all different kinds of life just happening there. So you got insect and bees and animals and stuff. If you were to just cut that plane right there and look at what's going on, like if you could do a cutaway where it shows the dirt below it, right? Yeah. And then the grass above. There's as much life form and roots and everything and nematodes and gophers and whatever, worms and all kinds of life going on under the soil as there is on top of the soil. You know, we don't see that as much, but you start digging into that and really good, rich soil, you know, you can pull that up and it's just there. It, you know, it's alive. alive. Yeah, I saw it with the biggest little farm when I saw that documentary uh, in a seven year period. And I know I've heard other evidence of people doing it even quicker, but they took uh, basically like, I would say desert. I mean, like there was pictures of them trying to put a shovel in the ground and it was, you know, just that cracked soil. It's just like so dry. It just, you know, it's just, just dirt. And it's really, really hard dirt, like not even much moisture in there because there was nothing to hold on. Now I know like there was nothing to hold on. So the water's just running off, right? It's just leaving that space. And then they brought by bringing in diverse planting and animals and having, it's all about diversity. The monocrop is what's killing right? Just putting one crop and having one yield. And you know, it's so, I'm, uh, there's a financial gain to this, which I'm so thankful for because where there's financial gain, people pay attention. And this is our advantage to making this happen. But, you know, some of the most profitable farms on the planet right now are in permaculture. You know, like there's one here in California that has said a hundred thousand dollar profit per acre. That's like unheard of in farming, unheard of. And they're doing it with small amounts of land, um, but back to the biggest little farm, they, uh, within seven years, you could put your hand in the dirt and just have dirt falling off your fingers and with worms and all this just like amazing topsoil uh, that, that they can grow. And then they had a fire uh, near there. As many people know in California, we've had many fires over the last five plus years now, like off and on. I mean, even before that, but it's de definitely been heavy this last, uh, last bit. And the fires went around their farm. They had such lush, green moisture. I mean, obviously they were they were freaked out when it was coming and they were doing what they could to protect it. But the fire kind of went around their farm. Right. It was, it was so wet. <laughs> it was wet, yeah. Basically, and it's called transpiration. You know, when you put that kind of, uh, have that kind of life going, it transpires its own moisture. You know, the moisture goes up, comes into plants and it actually can rain on itself. Interesting, if, if you were to see redwood trees, that's why redwoods are so... Um, you know, like fire safe is because we actually have on the coast out here in Sonoma County, you know, you'll drive out to the coast and you'll go through there and it'll be a beautiful sunny day. But then this fog, you're driving through the redwoods because they transpire and rain on themselves, you know, which is similar when you get, when you get that kind of, you know, plant life and everything going, there's so much moisture, like uh, clump grass is a, a good example of, you know, when, 
a lot of the foothills and stuff around here in the Bay Area. Originally, it used to be clump grass, and the grass grew up to a certain point. It'd be like, you know, 12 to 18 inches tall, fall over onto itself, and it would transpire onto itself, right? So it kind of like created its, its own moisture. And the hills were always green. And the way I understand it is when we came back here and, you know, basically the explorers like Sir Francis Drake or Columbus or whoever came over here and they brought animals, cows and sheep and stuff. And they went and they grazed on those hills and just ate that stuff down to the dirt. And then weeds would grow and that's what we get now. But the weeds turn brown instead of transpiring and they burn and you get the crispy hills all summer long. And then when it rains again in the fall, you know, they turn green again and in the spring. But as soon as summer hits, you know, all those weeds turn back to brown and they get crisp and that's the fire danger, right? Right. So what would be the case on this? And I do want to talk about some of your business stuff too, but we can get to that. But this is a a high priority for me too. So can we... Can we get those clump grass to come back or like, or how, how, because this is a huge thing for California. I mean, that that's even from what I would told the golden Hills is how it got its name. A lot of people think it's from the gold rush, but you know, from that early period that that native grass was destroyed, we have been known as these dry Hills for, for many, yeah. many, many, many years now. So is Do you have like a plan to like be able to bring that green grass back? Well, there is a plan. And I I can't remember the name of the, of the gal right now, but in that movie, uh, the documentary kiss the ground Yep. in the foothills of the Bay area. And I forget it's maybe 8,000 acres. They actually have that grass growing again up there. And the way that they do it is they'll bring in their animals, but they'll only let them, eat a little bit of that grass and then they move them. And then that, you know, basically where they go to the bathroom and stuff, then the chickens come behind them and, you know, check all the different things in there. And then they, you know, have their droppings. And what it is, it's by not overgrazing that they actually are making it so that they can graze all those, you know, grass fed beef and different animals, but they don't let them eat it all the way down to the ground. So a lot of that natural grass is coming back and they've already got, I think it's like 8,000 acres that they take care of. And they've already got those grasses where those hills are green all year round. That's yeah. It's going back to the way it used to be. So I think this is, it's, it's, oh, sorry. I think I talked over you. Oh, that's no problem. It's like I said, it is, they're, they're actually getting that to come back. And I was going to mention one thing. So you've heard of El Dorado Hills. Yes. I've You'd have to check, but I'm pretty sure that El Dorado means crispy hills. And it's that area that they named there because it was so brown and crispy all the time in the summer that they actually named that whole section as you go up into Mount El Dorado, you know, which I'm pretty sure means crispy hills. Cause yeah. Of, and it, and it doesn't all- have to be that way. It can yeah. be back to lush again. And this is uh, this is uh, you know near and dear to me because of how we live, and and I was even uh, reading this uh, book that is you know more on the spiritual side, like you know connection to our planet, connection to self, and I just recently read uh, over this last week, uh, getting towards the end of the book, it's it's uh, it's a book on transurfing, like it's uh, you know looking at how we create our own dimensions, our own reality. I know this gets way woo woo, but our own reality based on our thoughts. And one thing that he just brought up in one of the later chapters is that whole saying, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And then talking about how when, when humans took control of plants and animals and how uh, we actually took away 
the life from those plants and animals. Whereas when they're in the wild or in more wild atmosphere, and even this is where, you know, like, you know, if you're going to eat meat to have that wild meat versus that caged meat, because it actually has less life. And then you're actually eating, uh, you know, in a sense, dead, like death, you know, and the way that we eat things that are alive or dead actually portray into our body. Now, again, this gets way woo woo, but I do see this like in my own life, as I start becoming more conscious of the food that I consumed and the way that I consumed it, it did make a life. So we're not just talking about saving the climate here. For me, I think, uh, as I read more about Yes, that's important because I have kids and I want them to be able to have kids and I want them to have uh, a fruitful place. But I also think the way that we farm has to change the way that we get our food and uh, it, it matters for actual our own life force and like moving away from cancer and other things. So this is like so radical what you're talking about, Jeff, and like where your heart is going, because this uh, can change our, our, not only the global climate, but our health. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely can. I kind of talk to people every, I'll use this example sometimes about live enzymes. Yeah. And um, it's like when you pick the fruit right from your plant, right? And, in, you know, I'm, I may not be exactly right here, but I've heard that it's like 72 hours after you pick that fruit is when the live enzymes, I mean, they're, they're right there, right when you pick it, but then they start to dissipate out, right? And 72 hours or so, it's pretty much getting down to where the live enzymes are gone in the fruit. Now, or the food, they're still full of vitamins, they still have good water in them, they're still healthy, and they're still good for you, but the actual live enzymes are starting to go away. And what they're finding is the live enzymes that when you eat it actually makes it really easy for our bodies to assimilate those vitamins and minerals and, you know, trace minerals and things that, you know, that we get from those plants, right? It's not, it doesn't always have to be that way because, I mean, you eat dried fruits and dried things, you know, they, they're still good for you, but it's the, when they talk about that live enzyme. So it's kind of funny because my daughter and I, we, we came up with this experiment where she was asking me about live enzymes. And I said, well, here, let's do an, a, a, a test. So I had fresh carrots growing out in my garden, right? So we went down to Safeway. And I said, come on, let's go buy some carrots from Safeway. And we went to Safeway, and we just got the carrots off the shelf. Obviously, they've been there a lot longer than three days, four days. And we went over to the garden, and we washed them and everything. We stood side by side. We each took a bite of the carrot. And I'm going, yeah, all right, so how does that taste? She goes, it's good. It's, it tastes like a carrot, right? And I go, yeah, it tastes like carrot. It's great. I go, okay, let's set these down. And we set them down. I go, now let's go pick our carrots. And we picked carrots right from the garden and we washed them off and they got dirt and everything on it. Okay, let's eat these. And she bit into it and you should just seen her face light up because it's like the live enzyme. It's like, it's like you gleek, like all your salivary glands and everything are right there. And she was just like, oh my God, dad, it's so much better. I feel like it's going right in me, you know? Yeah. And it's like that Popeye effect, you know, where Popeye go, bang, you know, so yeah. the spinach. And it was really amazing. So it changed her from that day on. And then we talked about the live enzymes. And we make the joke now in our family that if you really wanted to get live enzymes, like you would eat the apple, but never pick it from the tree. You'd just eat it and leave the car hanging. Would be the <laughs> most live enzymes you could ever get from a piece of fruit. <laughs> but it's so, it's, you know, it's so interesting. I'm sitting here and as we talk about more business, more life that, you know, I, as I had the funds, I started hiring out my food prep and getting personal chef and all these things, which actually, by the way, remarkably enough, if you, like there's five of us in our household with my three kids and my wife and I, 
at that volume, it was actually surprisingly not that much more expensive to have someone go get all the 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 food and all those things. You, you know, it amazes me. But but bringing to this point, it's interesting now as my business has grown and and we've done uh, things differently. I'm now delegating other things and wanting to get back to my food, you know, because this is part of our our life. And you know, so like you know, I'm you know just getting more curious about the way that we that produce this and the way, you know, having our own food and being able to go pick it, like you're saying from the garden and, and bringing that life. And it's also being a part of life, right? Just like connecting to that ground. I've been giving myself longer lunches now so that I can prepare. Like I used to have like a short lunch, not too short. I would still try to be mindful. Like years ago when I was a workaholic, I would like try to eat as fast as I could so I can get back to work. So I've still been mindful, but now it's to a whole nother level. Like I, I, uh, for many years, even though I was still having like a nice lunch, I wouldn't give myself time to prepare a lunch. I would have to get something that was already prepared, like a salad and stuff. Even if it's organic, I would still have grabbed that. And now I want to be able to like go make something and be a part of that. Uh, there's, you know, it might sound crazy to some of you listening to this, but it's it's living with the foods. And then we, again, coming back to that, that we eat that. And that's why they always say grandma's cooking always tastes better, right? You know, it's because she was putting so much love into it, you know? So I guess like for you, Jeff, as you've made these things, cause you, you have that, you have this amazing garden and, and, and I want to get to the business part here in a minute, because you've been able to give yourself the time to, to build this and be able to eat off uh, your own land. I know it's not like all of your food, but you've done, you've done well with this. Like how, how has the, that impacted your life and your health? Um, it's really impacted my life a lot and my health for sure. Like um, it was just the other day, we actually, you know, apples are in season right now, right? I've got the, the small apple tree that I was able to pick apples and everything from. And I've got my chickens on my at my yard. I've got onions, peppers, all kinds of things growing out there, kale, and, you know, just a bunch of different things, some spinach and stuff. And the other morning, I was making breakfast. So I basically went out and got fresh eggs for my chickens, right? And then I took um, some onions and peppers and some garlic that I had growing all with some kale and stuff. And I sauteed them up real quick. And then I made these amazing omelets. And then I took the apples that I had and threw them in the, in the uh, Vitamix and actually made fresh apple juice. So we were able to make like these omelets and stuff. And the only thing that I really put in there, so it was like, we had a little bit of cheese, you know, that was this nice little cheese that we put in our omelet and stuff. I still have tomatoes. So I chopped up my tomatoes to put on top, like a little garnish and everything. But everything that we ate that morning for breakfast was pretty much from my garden, right? A little bit of butter to put in the pan, you know, and stuff like that. A little bit of olive oil that we bought from the store and things like that. But then my mind goes, you know, all it would take, like if I had the Happy Ranch going, we could have some olive trees and process our own olive oil. I could have bees out there so we could have honey to sweeten anything that we're using out there. We could make teas like, you know. And it, like you had an orange tree, but there wasn't a whole lot. And, and on a small farm, you could even have a goat or one cow and get your dairy from that. You can make your own butter. It doesn't take but one cow to make all kinds of cheese, butter, and milk so that everything that we actually produce could be right from your farm, right from your own house, you know, right from your garden. And to me, that's just it's so nuts. I mean, it feels so good to do that and not have to go to the store. The stress and then the food itself is just amazing. And, you know, yes. It's like the eggs are better, everything about it, you know. And yeah, I the taste it. through yeah. the roof. 
it's through the roof. And then I, I sit there and I kind of, you know, pat myself on the back and I'll tell my kids, hey, you know, there's only thing in that omelet or this whole breakfast that isn't grown in my yard is a little bit of cheese I put on and a little tiny bit of butter that I, you know, put in the pan to, to make the omelet. So pretty cool, you know, when you're yeah. growing stuff and it doesn't take much more. I feel pretty healthy. I mean, I take no medicines for like anything like that. I do use a little bit of essential oils and some herbs that I buy. But other than that, I mean, I'm pretty healthy just with what I eat from my yard. I buy to mix up a lot of my vegetables and fruits and drink that, you know, daily. Um, and then I, I'm able to go out. I mean, we can still afford it. You know, we can go to a restaurant or something like that. But I feel that I eat enough healthy food with live enzymes and vitamins and everything I can afford to go out and get a little piece of pie and ice cream somewhere, you know, after a dinner or something or, or a treat and go out to dinner because I'm eating so much healthy stuff, you know, right from my yard and things like that, that you can have something else and it's not going to hurt you as if where you ate out all the time or ate a bunch of processed food, you're not going to get the same life force or, you know, enzymes or energy that you do if your mainstay is from your own, you know, what you grow at home. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to give a big shout out to Pro Audio Voices. They help me with all of my podcasts and Becky and her team are just amazing. I've known them for years, even before I started my podcast. And that's why she was my go-to because not only does she help me sound great and produces the podcast so it's easy for me, I can do what I do best. I do the speaking and the interviewing and then they do all that background work to help get the podcast out there in the right way with the highest quality. But on top of that, what makes it most critical to me, for those of you that know me, wow clients are important, wow relationships are important. And working with Becky and her team is definitely wow. I get an amazing experience. I get to work with amazing people. A lot of love and hugs, let's put it that way. So if you wanna work with great people and you wanna get a podcast out and you wanna let go of all the technology and the way that it's recorded so you can do what you do best, then you definitely wanna get a hold of Pro Audio Voices. And it's proaudiovoices.com and you'll be able to reach Becky and her team and be able to let go of all that stuff so you can do what you do best and then delegate the rest. I'm a hundred percent with you on that. And then as I've gotten more sensitive to it, like even those times I do that, I'm very selective of what restaurants we go to now because my energy, I could feel it diminish after that meal. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that. And so then you choose, you start, after you do it a while, you start choosing that less and less and less and less. Right. I, I'm curious to switch gears for a minute. Maybe we'll come back to the farming because I could spend the whole time talking about farming because I'm like really uh, curious about it right now and I'm trying to learn as much as I can as well. But how... Uh, I know a lot's changed in your business since we met and our opportunity to work together has been, has been awesome. I'm curious, like what has, you know, for you now you have your business running and you have your team running that you're able to take this time to, you know, explore permaculture further, you know, start building out more ranches and things like you're talking about. I guess, what, what do you think if you, uh, just to start off with like one thing, what's been the one thing that's allowed you to run your business and be, be able to have more life at the same time? Can you pick one thing or is that too difficult? Is there one, one thing that stands out above the rest that's allowed you to have this, ba this balance? Well, I, to tell you the truth, I guess my, my one thing would be my mindset you know, which you've helped me with, which is going from, you know, thinking that I was the only one that could do this work to, no, I can train my team to do this work. 
work. And then I just supervise and train and oversee work that's going on. You know, so that's one of the biggest things where before, you know, it was like I was doing so much work myself and I got really good at it that I think that, you know, finding somebody to do that work without me being like right there, hands on, in charge or doing part of that work. There was like this belief system where it was like, no, it can't be done without me putting my hands on. It, right. Because it's, right. it's gross enterprises and I've, I've got to do that. But here's just a for example for today. I mean, we have three jobs going on today, and we had a countertop measure that started at 8 o'clock this morning. A wonderful, wow client, Katie Atherton, redoing her kitchen. And then basically me, my son Marshall, and Allison all showed up there because it's a really critical time because we're designing the countertops, right? And so my countertop people were there and stuff. But that's the first time I've actually been there in like a week and a half. Marshall and Allison have been running that job and just call me up and ask me questions. And then I went to my other job where I have uh, basically Tyler and Eddie up on a roof and we're doing what we call design build. So we have to tear roof drains apart. And we got this little window right now because it's supposed to rain coming up. Thursday, Friday, and they're talking about an inch of rain in the North Bay here. So I've got this little time, but they tore it all apart and pulled this roof drain apart. Never doing this kind of work before, but they're really good technicians and I, you know, they're smart. I trust them. So once I got it tore apart, I came from Katie's job over to that job and just said, okay, you know, here's what we got right now. This is a drain body. And I went on my phone and I showed them what drain bodies we need to get, told them where they needed to go. They're on my account, so they were able to go get those parts. And basically, I was able to coach them and show them how we were going to rebuild that roof drain. And once they tore it apart, I, was, I actually was able to show them where the leak was. We discovered this is where the leak was. Now we'll put this new drain body in. We'll put it back together. And it's kind of, I call it design build because there's no real plan on this. We're basically taking it apart having to put our own new body in there and coming up with the method of sealing that back up. But my part of it, they're actually working on it right now. My part of it was being able to be there at just the crucial time to say, okay, this looks good. Tear this apart. We take a couple of pictures. We look at a couple of diagrams and I'm even sending them to go get the parts now. And um, they're going to be back there. Just they'll, they'll put it all back together. They'll take a picture and then basically call me and I'll just look at the picture and be able to direct traffic over the phone and tell them, okay, that looks good. Or, you know, you need to adjust this or adjust that. And then on top of that, we still got our F45 job going today where we're in the middle of the pandemic, we had to switch over from faucets that you turn on by hand to faucets that are touchless that you just wave your hand underneath. Yep. And so, we had to get our our mechanical engineer to figure out, you know, th basically the new flow rates and everything to get these faucets to work. So we had to get new faucets. We had to buy new parts, and they're up there right now adjusting those. And I've got a really good team on top of that one. But it took, you know, it's getting these teams together and having all these people in my in my network that I built over the years. And then so it's I. How did I put it? I used to say that, and I remember you and I've had this conversation, that I'm trying to build this, like I, I refer to like a Super Bowl team or a World Series team of technicians and subcontractors and network, because I've got my engineers, my architects, and all those people together so that we can put together the best product that's durable and lasts and everything. So... 
today I've actually got three jobs running and was able to get here and be on this phone call with you. And I know all that work's happening right now. And I've trusted my team and everybody to do that work. Yes. So now this is giving you the life to choose what you want to do to how to grow your business. Because when I met you, you were you know still in the same field, but you were doing a lot of the work. And then it's been like off and on again. And I know there's a period of time where you went all the way to not having anyone on your team and have to rebuild everything from scratch. So I, I just first off, congratulations of seeing you not only grow one team, but have multiple teams going at the same time right now. This was what you had dreamed of when you talked to me. And and you're right, it is the mindset because you know finding the right people, it goes with ourselves first, right? Centering ourselves on what we want and what we need and then allowing space for your teams to grow and flourish. And, you know, they have to be able to, you know, learn and make mistakes on their own as well and and be able to continue to learn from you as a mentor. So congratulations on having that. And now that's uh, bringing you, so now having this, you know, now that you have your teams and your company going, what does having all this do for you? Um, well, for one, it's kind of, it, what I want to put it. It's satisfaction, but it's also having that peace of mind to, and not have that stress, you know, the peace of mind to know that this stuff's getting done and it's getting done in a quality, you know, installation and stuff. It also is giving me the time to actually go work on some of those things, like more permaculture education for myself, you know, and I've actually been shopping for, um, a piece of property. I've got another a whole other team that I'm working with to buy property right now to put, you know, like a small ranch together. So we're actually looking for property right now that we can do that. And, um, you know, there's the bigger property that I want to get where I can do stuff more on a scale where it would be like, you know, like a small farm that's actually farm to table and stuff. But the property that we're trying to do right now is we're actually trying to buy small pieces of property and set up little ranchettes that we can sell to other people so that they can actually come in and have a three acre, anywhere from one to three acre, maybe even a five acre parcel that they can start having these little mini ranchettes on their own. And then that's going to basically bring me the income in that I need to go buy property, you know, for myself. You know. Awesome. So now you're able to not only, you know, continue your education around permaculture, but you're also able to start working on some of your own bigger projects that will, you know, help other families get out on the land and have their own uh, uh, little ranch and farm. And then that's also going to uh, bring more financial reward to you so that you can start building your happy ranch. That's correct. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. And just for people listening, they might say, Oh, it seems like Jeff's got it all worked out, but that wasn't always this way. (laughs) Right. Um, and, and, uh, I know it's not always as pleasant to talk about these things, but I think it's really nice for people to hear your transformation. So, you know, like you said before, you really were in the field, you know, feeling like you were the only one to have things when you were doing that, when you were working all the time, how, how was that affecting you at that point? So basically it was affecting me in a couple of different ways. One, I didn't have, I, I wasn't spending time with my family, right? And, and the, the life that would be part of my family, they missed me. You know, it's like I would be bringing home, you know, the money to get everything done. But there were many times where I was actually, and, and I know my wife, it, it would drive her crazy because I'd be making sure somebody else's 
house was getting ready for the holidays instead of my own, you know? <laughs> and it's like, well, their Thanksgiving is going to be wonderful because we just got their room all remodeled and painted and everything just in the nick of time. And then I go home and it's like, um, okay, well, we're going to have dinner and everything. But, you know, it was one of those things where I was sacrificing my own life with my own family to keep the business and to keep somebody else satisfied because that's how I, you know, had my business running at the time and wearing all the hats. So it was affecting me that way. Plus there's a stress there, you know, it's just working all those hours um, and not doing the things that I wanted to do to have that balance of life where you're enjoying what you do. Uh, I mean, I enjoy building. I enjoy doing that kind of work. And um, I, even then I would take breaks and, you know, we'd work a little bit and then we'd take breaks and we'd have fun, but I was just working way too many hours. And then how many sleepless nights, I call them sleepless, or I didn't get as much sleep because I'd be home after that hard day of work and I'd have to sit down and bust out an estimate or do some book work and pay some bills because I wore all the hats at that time, right? So I was collecting the money, going to the bank, making sure that was good, balancing the checkbook. Wow. Um, writing an estimate, meeting with that client, making that phone call, trying to get the jobs ahead. And then you and I talked about this too, is where I'd be working so hard that we'd get all done with that job and I didn't have the next job lined up. So now I'm like, no work for two or three weeks. And that's because I didn't spend the time to get the next job lined up because I was so involved in the first job and finishing it. So getting that balance, I mean, that was really hard. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's too many valleys and then dips and then ups and then yeah. downs and ups and downs is where now it's more of a even line. You know, there's always the ups and downs. I mean, like you said, life is but a yo-yo. Hopefully you're all, always yo-yoing uphill, right? Yeah, going up the <laughs> yo-yo up the stairs. <laughs> so the, if the whole yo-yo itself, the string and everything is going up, then uh, it's okay. You're going to have ups and downs. But, you know, I guess, so what I'm hearing is, you know, you're working long hours, you know, sacrificing your time with your family. And then when you get home, you're still working, doing all the administrative side of the business and, and sleeping very little. I get, you know, what... Uh, and this is an entrepreneurial story. And I was there too, you know, like, yeah, I, I remember, uh, you know, I was like the best salesperson in my marketing company. And then I would also uh, then have to run the business. So easily at a minimum, I would spend 40 hours doing uh, all the development of the business and then 40 hours running the business. So, you know, easy 80 hour minimum, you know, like when I heard people talk about working 40 hours, I'm like, that's part time, you know, and that, that's supposed to be full time. I was like, what are you talking about? That's like, but, and I was, you know, it was that whole no pain, no gain that I, that I bought into. And I realized now, and as you know, too, that that's not the case. Yes, you can get gain in pain. We can learn from our mistakes and the things that are hard, but we can also gain from the good times too. And we can learn a lot from the good times and we can actually choose that. I guess I'm curious with all of knowing that this spread from where it was before and now where you are now and, and continuing to grow in a good direction. Uh, what was, what would you call out the turning point? Like what, what, what made it, was it like inside and you're just like, this is enough or was it an outside force? Like what made you shift? Can you, or can you pinpoint it to one specific spot that made a significant turn to, to move towards where you are now? So, you know, where I can pinpoint it was there was a time and it was, oh, it was back, I'd say, 
it's been about 15 years, I think. And, and it was just a time where I just, you know, I got tired of, of always struggling to try and make ends meet. And, you know, where are we going to go with this whole thing? And, you know, I don't want to just, you know, work that hard forever. And it, you start looking at, you know, once my kids came and everything, and I started looking at, you know, I, I really didn't have much retirement or anything. And I was thinking, you know, am I just going to work until I die? You know, and trying to always pay the bills and everything. And, you know, making sure that my kids get education and where they're going and stuff. And then I actually, I was always into like educating myself somewhat. And I had a really great boss, Silas Bowden, um, Bowden Construction Incorporated. I helped him run his business for a while. And it was really neat to watch him. But he was the first one that started actually sending me, you know, he basically said, if you want to go to classes, I'll pay for whatever classes. I'm not going to pay for your time to go to the classes, but I'll pay for whatever classes if you want to invest in yourself. So I started, you know, going to these classes and stuff and, you know, the learning part of it just came along and I was like, oh, wow, look at all this learning that I'm doing. Right. And then I ended up getting my first coach. I found my coach through that. And it was like, what, what, you know, I, I thought about, it's like, what does a life coach do? You know, mm-hmm. what, what do I need a life coach for? I know how to run my life, right? But what it really comes down to, it's that accountability thing. It's like your life coach is like sitting in the audience of Jeff Gross and watching your life like it's a movie. And then when you go meet with them, they say, well, here's what I see. And this is what you're doing right now. And this is what you can do better. Or do you want to live like this? This is what you're hearing. You know, I'm hearing you say this. And they kind of you know, you, you kind of get that feedback from them, right? So I started getting coaching, and uh, I, that's when I really started to grow. And I, re- I started to see that, like, wow, there's light at the end of the tunnel, you know. And I, I've been with many coaches, right? And I've gotten a lot of coaching. There was a time where I had five different coaches at the same time. I was in a BNI group and stuff, and I was telling them, they're like, oh, Jeff, what's the matter with you? One of the person in my BNI group was a coach, right? And I went and talked to him, and he goes, you've got five coaches. What are you doing, you know, here talking to me? And I said, you're the one that invited me. (laughs) (laughs) But it was funny. And then little by little, I'm like, now I'm, you know, basically down to do, I have used my mentor, but I've got other people. I'm always bringing, there's always coaching that comes along. Right. So I look at my CPA firm, like my tax accountant, she's like my coach. We had a big meeting the other day and she was basically coaching me on the way I need to run the business so that we can use our money so that we're not paying taxes that we don't need to pay, right? You know, yep. just the way to set money up and stuff like that. Yep. And it, it was really nice. I mean, usually when I would, you know, get my tax work and everything, would be like, man, how am I going to pay these taxes? I've been working all hard. Now i got to pay all these taxes, right? Well, it was really nice this year because she basically said, Jeff, you need to spend some money so that you don't have to pay these taxes. You need to reinvest in your business. So it was really nice hearing from her that we had done so well that we actually need to, you know, basically restructure something. So I'm actually putting together a retirement plan for my guys now because it's something I can invest into my company, help me with not paying all those taxes and give the people that are coming to work for me a better place to work, right? Which is huge too. That's how I found really good people. Now we have medical, dental, vision, we got a bonus plan and now we're going to have a retirement plan. And it's because we did so good this year that I'm able to invest into that retirement plan to start giving back to my team, you know? So I think coaching had a lot to do with it. Right. Building the right strategies. And that's why I I definitely 
think I'm going to have coaching and mentorship the rest of my life because there's always something more to learn. And there's always someone that's uh, ahead of us in whatever uh, area of expertise that is. And and you're exactly right. It's going to be in different places, having a financial advisor and strategist and coach, and that's for business or personal or both. And then, uh, and then other things, business, you know, speaking, health and fitness, uh, dietary and nutritionist and different chefs you learn from like, you know, so many things to learn about life. And, you know, I think the uh, key thing you hit on is having multiple coaches. I think what I've found is like, as long as you don't have multiples in the same area, what can get tricky is if you have like two different business coaches and they, they both might have workable solutions, but they might be different. And then you have that, Oh, which way do I go? You know, well then you have to kind of pick and just own one direction uh, because you don't want to pull apart your business. Cause there's many ways to build a business and you could have, you know, uh, they could be both successful coaches and both take you on a successful place, but you got to really pick. I mean, it's like, like for you and I, we're in California right now. If we want to go to New York, there are quite a few different ways we can get there. You just got to pick one, you know, you don't want to do both at the same time. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And so choosing, choosing that, uh, and having these advantages, what do you think has been the biggest advantage now for you having this direction and these coaches in your life? Um, so the biggest advantage is I'm actually, it's actually freeing me up to do more of what I want to do. You know, I've always had like these goals, uh, you know, I put goals out there, stretch goals, you know, regular goals. And then I have those, you know, what do they call them? The big, hairy, audacious goals. I forget. Yeah. Who put that yeah, yeah. B-hags, Jim Collins. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, I, I put that out there and some people, I don't know, I often I'll get a little kickback saying, oh, you're crazy. That'll never happen. You know, and it's like, oh, yes, it will. You know, you've got to have that mindset. Like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get this done. And you just got to do it piece by piece by piece, you know. So um, is that answering your question there? Well, I think, you know, it's just that you're having them is giving you that advantage to have those goals, I guess is what you're saying. You know, having the the time to really, so because now you have the time to be strategic in your business and do the things that you want in your life. And that's that's where you are. So if somebody's out there and they're where you were and they're working like crazy and they're getting home and doing the paperwork and they're not sleeping much and they're, you know, running that, that, that lifestyle, what would you suggest as like a first, the first thing? If you, if you only saw someone once, maybe you bumped into them at the supermarket and, and you maybe you're never going to see them ever again. And they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm working like crazy. I'm doing all these things. What would be the one thing you would tell them to go do? I, I think I would tell them to take, um, take a moment, you know, to sit back and look at their life. I've, I've told other people this before. I say, you know, sometimes you have to like get out of where you're at, like take a moment and, Stand back like you're looking at, you know, being the audience of your own life, right? And what am I doing right now? So it's like, take that. It's almost like if I can, you know, do a little out-of-body experience when I'm right. like crazy, stand back and look at myself. And then I tell them, I say, don't be afraid to invest in yourself. That's what you need to do is go learn, you know, figure out what you want to do and don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Get a coach, invest in your own education, invest into how I can do things better so that I'm not living this crazy, you know, work every day lifestyle and stuff. And the other thing that I would tell them is to, and you know, this is some of the best advice I've ever got is, you know, when you're making money, take a little bit of money and, and save that money right off the top. You know, I think a, a gentleman told me once, he said, there's always more month than there is 
and, you know, at the end of the month, there's always more month than there is paycheck. <laughs> so take when, as soon as you get that paycheck, put 10% of that aside, sit on that, don't touch it because, you know, that's kind of like what you can use for in, investing into yourself and stuff. And then you just, you know, have that little bit of savings because it's like, it, it just feels good. You know, it's like that, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, it's just a safe spot, you know, just having that savings to fall back so that yeah. you can fall back on that. Because there's times you're going to, oh, my car broke down. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, now i got to go dip into that account and get that paid for. So I'm not, you know, putting a bunch of stuff on credit, which credit's good, but you have to be smart about how you use it, right? Right. And so, but mainly it's investing in myself, taking the time to invest in myself, go educate myself and getting to where I want to be and having some kind of accountability. Now, some people are really good at going out and just being their own person and really driving and driving and driving going forward. But I need somebody myself to account to so that they're like, well, how many hours did you spend, you know, messing around with your computer or playing that game or going fishing or doing whatever, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, I, I probably shouldn't have been doing that. I should have been working on this a little bit more. So, because you know, we'll do that. Well, well, for me anyway. If I don't have somebody that I'm accountable to, I'll, I'll basically I'll say that I'll I'll kind of trick myself, or it's not even trick to myself. I, I don't know what the right word is for it, but you know, sometimes it's like I will be a little bit lazy or I'll be a little sneaky against my own self. Or if I put accountability out there, I can't do that. Because I'm I'm basically on site. I'm I'm out there and I'm being watched and I have to go show that I'm getting things done and this is what I'm doing and taking care of things and moving forward. So it's kind of like also having those goals, you know, setting some goals and being out there to where you want to be. And if you can set those goals and then have somebody else look at those goals and then go visit that again with that coach or mentor or whoever it is that you look up to and then have a meeting a year from now and go, Hey, let's look at these goals. Where have you gotten to? And it's really nice to set your goals and go back and go, wow, I got all that stuff done. And then some, right. I even got more than I got done on my list, you know, which is really nice. So yeah, that's what I'd really say. It's just, you know, gets get and don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Cause that's what you got to do. You know, right. I'll let you do and share it. Right. And I guess just to slow down to go like uh, to put the microscope on it a little bit in that moment. And I know it was it was freaky for me the first time that you made a significant investment in yourself. What, uh, you know, I think there are people that have never done that. You know, they've spent money on other things like even on cars or this or that. But then when you go to get it like a coach, then, you know, sometimes it's like the strangest thing. And I definitely, um, I guess I'm curious, like how would you suggest uh, people make that decision when it becomes a financial one? Um, well, you know, I, 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 that's a good question. How to make that decision? I don't know. I just, I, I guess I would just let them know that look at my own success for making that. I don't know how many times, and even to today, I'll still get a little bit, like I'll tell my dad what I'm doing or my brother or my, you know, even you know, Allison or my wife, and they'll, they'll look at it and go, well, can't you just do that on your own? Why do you have to pay for all that coaching? It's like, no, I can't do it on my own. You know, I, with my own self, I go out and I try and do, and I find, like I said, I'm not, I'm not doing these steps. I'm not accountable. Right. So it's kind of one of those things and people, and, and I've just got proof in the pudding. It's like, since I've been paying for coaching, look where my business has gone. 
you know, all those years I just tried to do it by myself. I just kept working harder and harder and harder. And I actually felt found myself owing more in taxes and being more in debt and feeling like I had to go get another job to pay for that. Or I'm trying to invest into my tools or whatever, you know, and now as I've gotten coaching and putting those, those goals together and having to go back and answer, you know, those goals or meet with that coach again and go, wow, you know, look at where you look at where you, you know, come Jeff, you started here, you started here, you wanted to be here. It's kind of like where I'm sitting right now. There was a time I said, I want to get an office shop and a showroom so I can, you know, go do my work here and then leave work and go home. And this place that I have now was always just a goal. It was something that was in my mind, you know, am I ever going to get there? You know, I want to have three crews, three company trucks and those guys out there running, right? Instead of sharing my own personal vehicle was my company truck. (laughs) And and then I'd go home and pack everything in my garage. And if I wanted to go camp and I had to unload everything and then pack my camping gear in and go, you know, so it was that. So little by little, I look back on it now and I did achieve those things. I have a shop, I have an office, I have a showroom, I have my full-time, you know, Allison, who's my, well, she's office manager. She, she calls, she makes her own name now. She's a production manager. So since she ran that one job for me, she went from being the office manager to the production manager. And I thought it was great. It's like, sure, go ahead. You want that label? Put that label on yourself. Get some new business cards made up. Now you're gross enterprises production manager. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know? And I believe in them and I let them kind of grow. And, and, and then I meet with my team and we talk about, where we want to go as a team now because we have our core group where before that was always just me. Right. And so, you know, part of that growing like that is expanding and bringing that team in. And I can see eventually that I've been telling them about this is there's going to come a time where I'm only going to be here like 10% of the time or 20% of the time. You guys are going to run this and I'm going to go, you know, work on my ranch and play with my farm or do whatever. But now we're trying to make it so that we do more jobs as gross enterprises in that farming area, you know, and I know that you and I've been working on that to like, how do I get those jobs that are in that permaculture? I mean, I can still build structures. I can use my contracting license and my construction company to go build whatever. We can build somebody else's barn. I can build their house, their barn, their arena. If they're, you know, have animals, I can build processing. I can build commercial kitchens, storage facilities. Right. And that's so, I'm just trying to do all that now instead of building neighborhoods, which I can still do that too, but I'd much rather go out on a piece of property and build a storage facility for farm to table food and put the freezers and everything in the commercial kitchen that they're operating out of to get these great products out to the rest of the community or to the restaurant. It's so, so beautiful to see where you've come and, you know, and you get to put your heart where you want to go and manage your business and have your teams in place. So your dreams are coming true. Uh, they, they have come true and now you're moving to, to, to the next ones, you know, so now you're, you know, millions in, in projects and teams running, you've got your shop and showroom and all of these things. And, and you're really focusing on what you want to now, which is the farming and the ranching, which goes parlays right into construction because every ranch needs construction. You know, there's all, there's going to be tons of things to build out to make it work. And, um, I think it's good for, uh, you know, yourself fills up your heart, but you're also going to help change a lot of people's lives. And you're also going to help the planet because you're going to make, uh, make a difference one plot of land at a time. So I think, you know, 
you know, awesome, Jeff. I'm so, so happy for you. And, you know, in, in closing, I, you know, uh, we've got just a, a minute here left. What, um, you know, again, thank you for being on the show and sharing this journey. And uh, I guess I'm curious, what is your, your, I think we kind of touched on in the beginning, but like, what's, uh, if you were to pick the one big focus for you moving here, what, you know, like the next step for you, like what's the, the thing that you're most focused on next? So I'm focused on getting some properties so that I can actually turn those properties, you know, like helping to help the planet, you know? So it's not just getting those properties, but that's going to give me the time and money that I need to actually take my time and work more with other groups trying to help, you know, the overall global warming and stuff like that and be able to educate myself so that I can help with the, the whole production of, Fixing the planet, you know, which I just feel like is my calling. It's it's becoming more and more clear that that's one of the things that I feel like I was put on this planet because they're going to need my help to do that. So educating myself to do that, and at the same time, using this company and you know, gross enterprises in general to help build that, you know, so that we can we can actually move in that direction where we're making money. It's it's lucrative. It's it's keeping us going at the same time we're doing something good for the entire planet itself, for the earth and for the community all around. And that just feels good, you know, so good. to make that part of your life and make money at the same time you're helping to fix the planet. I just can't imagine doing anything better. It's so awesome to be able to make a living and even have, like what you just said too, just to re-highlight because, uh, you know, to create a life and a retirement plan for all of your employees, giving them a good life and running your business while making such a great positive impact on on the planet. That is it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I, it's like win, 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 win all the way around, Jeff. And I'm so happy to see how far you've come. Congratulations. Um, I know, you know, you gave some credit back towards me for mentor mentorship, but you know, the thing that I want to say is, uh, you know, I'm happy that I've been able to be a guide, but ultimately if you didn't go do what you did, then this would be nothing. So this was a team effort and, uh, well, well done, Jeff. Congratulations on your, on your success. And thanks for sharing this with uh, folks out there. And uh, what, you know, I guess the best way uh, we can put in the show notes, uh, like a link to your website and whatever. So if people want to reach out to gross enterprises, uh, would that be the best way to put, put a, a link to your website with the show? Yeah, we're still working on the website and everything, but that would be a good way to do it. I mean, that's that's one of those things that's to come, but it's actually going to be coming soon. All right, perfect. Well, and then however else, well, whatever way you want, you can let our team know and then we'll get that out there to, to everyone. And uh, once again, thanks for being on the show. And for everyone out there, uh, th- thanks for listening in. And remember to choose gratitude and create freedom. We'll look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Thanks so much for listening. All right, thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenoplaton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenoplaton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenoplaton.com. 
www.thinkandgrowthpodcast.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.